Hello, welcome everyone. Um, it is my honor to introduce Rachel Underweiser for today's event. We will be talking about the perception of anti-Semitism on college campuses in the US and the UK. Um, the event will cover the discussion of, but really, what is anti-Semitism? Is there anti-Semitism at my university? If so, what can I do about it? So Rachel is a New England-based writer, actor, and speaker. She works for the foundation to combat anti-Semitism through the craft group and their front-facing initiative called Together Beat Hate, where she researches, writes, and conceptualizes innovative ways to discuss and counter hate, bigotry, and discrimination. And from there, Rachel, I will let you take it away. Awesome. Hello, everyone. I'm going to share my screen with you all. Awesome. Hello, everyone. It's so nice to see so many wonderful faces. Uh, just some quick ground rules. As many of you as possible, I would love to see your faces. So if you want to keep your cameras on, it is so much more fun talking to humans. Also, I want us to feel like we're all in a room together having conversation. So if you have any questions, any comments, anything you want to add, please throw it in the chat, raise your hand here, do whatever. I want this to be as helpful to you as possible. And I want you to feel like you leave this with information that is useful to you. That's like my initial goal. That's what's most important to me. So on that note, welcome. I'm so grateful that you're all joining me today to have this conversation on this fine, Monday afternoon. Honestly, I couldn't even remember what day it was, but we're doing good. And yeah, so this is called the perception of anti-Semitism on college campuses in the U.S. and the U.K. And it's through a research study I had. So let's dive in. So a little bit about me and you all. Um, my name is Rachel. Hi, I am from Westchester, New York. And my home temple is Westchester Form Temple. And it's so lovely to see some people here from WRT. I graduated from Johns Hopkins in 2019 with a degree in writing seminars, theater, and Jewish studies. On campus, I did a boatload of acting, comedy. I did sketch comedy, comedy acapella. I worked for Hillel. I worked for my sorority. I worked for admissions. I really just kind of was very gung-ho about college, loved it, highly recommend. Um, and since then, I have been working for the Foundation to Combat Anti-Semitism, which is a foundation through the Kraft Group. So it's Robert Kraft's foundation, the guy who owns the Patriots. If anyone's a sports fan, he's a lovely guy, total sweetheart. Um, but he started this foundation to combat anti-Semitism through the Genesis Prize, which he won. And their front-facing initiative is TBH Together Beat Hate, to which I'm the copywriter and head content strategist, more or less. So I deal with these things a lot. <laughs> I'm kind of immersed in all this, but what's most important to me is finding ways to educate people, especially young adults, but everyone across the board, how we can do something about this and feel empowered to act. And just to know where you guys are all coming from, if you wanna throw into the chat where you're from, where you're located, and if you like what year you graduated college, I would love to know a bit more about you all. Awesome, see some Brandeis, Toronto, Providence, hello, nice to meet you. We should, we should hang out sometime, I'd love to meet you. <laughs> I moved in the fall, so it's been a little crazy. Last I'm also week. new to the area. Oh, awesome. Yes, we'll get coffee. Message me after this. I'd love that. American University, wonderful. UC Berkeley. Oh my gosh, everyone's from everywhere. Scottsdale, so exciting. Awesome. And again, if you guys ever want, have any questions, anything you want to touch on, I'm here and I'm want your thoughts. So how it started. According to the ADL and the Guardian, anti-Semitism was on the rise in both the UK and the US. When I was in 
my freshman, sophomore year, I was given this Woodrow Wilson Fellowship, which I was able to do research of my choosing. Um, and it was a $10,000 grant and I wasn't quite sure how, what I wanted to tackle, but I started to be bombarded with these news articles saying how anti-Semitism was on the rise, how Jewish students were no longer safe, how camp colleges were no longer safe for Jews. My grandmother was sending me articles. I was like, oh, like what's going on here? So naturally being an inquisitive human, I went around, I started asking my friends, hey, like, do you think this is a problem? Do you notice anti-Semitism on your campus? Do you think your campus is anti-Semitic? Do you feel safe? And at least on Hop at Hopkins, everyone around me pretty much said like, I think we're fine. Like, I don't see anything. You know, I mean, like those are news articles, but that's happening at Berkeley. That's different. That's the rise in BDS and like, you know, the more liberal campuses, that's not here, it's a phase. It's gonna pass. But the numbers do sort of speak for themselves. In 2017, ADL found that anti-Semitic incidents in the US rose 57%, the single year increase on record, due to a significant in increase in schools and on college campuses, which nearly doubled for the second year in a row. And in the UK, the Guardian reported that anti-Semitic hate incidents had reached a record level and that the Jewish community was targeted at a rate of nearly four times a day in the previous year. So I saw these numbers and I thought to myself, I wanna ask people questions. And just as an update, in terms of how it's going, according to the ADL, anti-Semitic incidents hit an all-time high in 2019, with on average as many as six anti-Semitic incidents in the US for each day of the calendar year. And in the UK, to compare, the Community Security Trust, which is the main organization that monitors anti-Semitism in the UK, they found 1,805 incidents that year in the UK, which was a 7% increase. Just as a little update, this year alone, ADL reported 305 anti-Semitic incidents in May, 115 increase from the same period the previous year. And this Community Security Trust recorded 1,308 incidents between January and June 20. 2021, a 49% increase in the same period from 2020. And yet, very little research has been done on anti-Semitism on college campus. At the time when I did my research and I was Googling, Google searching, like, how can I track anti-Semitism on college campuses? There was one study that I found that included 66 participants by Professor Kelman of Stanford University, who I met and spoke with, and that was it. You would think with these numbers and with people pointing to colleges that there would be more, that all of the Jewish organizations would be saying we should be doing research on anti-Semitism, specifically on colleges. How is this impacting our youth? How is this impacting future generations of Jews? But for whatever reason, it's kind of gone under the radar. So I decided to kind of, listen to this person, take this in and do a study. Awesome, so what I did, my methodology for this study, I selected specifically schools with a spectrum of Jewish student populations on the coast in the US and near in, in London in the UK. I wanted to see if there was a comparison between a country that had a separation of church and state that did not have a national religion and a country that does have their Church of England and how that could change potentially impact towards Jews. Also because of resources, what I was able to do, I was only able to hit, hit schools on either coast. Um, there could have been more schools, but a lot of universities were also very hesitant to having me ask these questions to their students. Uh, most notably, Columbia said I could only do research there if I signed a waiver from a lawyer, like a whole thing saying that there'd be no connection to the university. So now I always say that. And I'm like, oh, you got something to hide? But what I did is I interviewed and surveyed students, Jewish and non-Jewish, and some faculty and student leaders. I interviewed Jewish faculty and Jewish students in Hillel, Chabad, different organizations who were involved. 
And the surveys themselves took about 10 minutes to complete and contained multiple choice intensity and short answer questions. I wanted to be qualitative and quantitative to have a sense of how people felt, but also give them an opportunity to share their thoughts if they wanted to. So in the US, I gathered 373 survey responses. And in the UK, I gathered 111. In the US, I hit Johns Hopkins, NYU, UCLA, Stanford, and University of Florida. And in England, I hit University College London, King's College London, and Oxford University. So here are some quick quotes of what I got. I think generally outsiders in the US are really unaware and confused by what exactly is happening. And Jews and Jewish issues are often left out of activist discourse, despite the importance of social justice as a piece of Jewish values. And below is an Oxford quote. I found these questions very interesting because it has made me actively think about being a Jew at university. This is normally quite a passive thought, which has meant I haven't quite appreciated or addressed the level of anti-Semitism people exhibit. So some short results as we jump in from the US surveys, many Jewish students face anti-Semitic comments from professors, peers, and friends. 24% have been called offensive names because they are Jewish. 43% of the time it was by a friend. Students' responses credit the media as a major catalyst in creating feelings of anti-Semitism on their campus. And 43% of Jewish students feel uncomfortable calling out a peer if he or she says something about Jews that makes them uncomfortable. And 55% of Jewish students feel uncomfortable calling out a professor. 64% attribute their Jewish identity to cultural factors and 81% of students said that they believe there's a lot of discrimination in America against Jews. Of the UK results, uh, significant findings, 80% of students have witnessed some form of anti-Semitism on their campus, which is honestly crazy. And all those people who said they witnessed it were all able to note it and point it out. And 68% of students said their friends have made them uncomfortable because they were Jewish. And 30% of Jewish students have felt targeted by student groups due to their Jewish identity. Off of the 68% point, I was told by a group of Oxford students that before they entered college, they were told by their families and different community leaders that they were to expect anti-Semitism, but that's just the nature of being a Jew in college. You're gonna see it, people will make comments, but that's okay. And to me, I thought like, that would never fly in America. If, like if you were going to college and they were like, it's okay. Like they're gonna be racist. Like, no, 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 that would not work. <laughs> But still, some, oh, to answer this, it appears there are some, these were all liberal arts schools. There are some schools that focus on engineering, physics, et cetera, within a geographic area. So I was only able to hit a certain number of places due to different schools, their IRB requirements. Um, each university had to be approved by the Interdisciplinary Review Board in order to go in. Um, and many of them have their own policies, especially if you're surveying students. From there, additionally, a lot of factors going in. I was an undergrad doing this research solely by myself. I would have a research team of my peers who I would have helped me, but this wasn't a you know, ADL study where they were going in and researching and interviewing many different people, which was tricky. Um, but yes, I would love I think this study should be expanded. I think there's so much more that can be done. So yes, those schools should all be hit. I, exact, I completely agree. But due to the confines of time, money, resources, the ability to like gather all this data, it takes a lot of time and effort to like go in and survey people. This is what we could do, but yes, those should be hit. So let's dive in. What is anti-Semitism? I would love for all of you to quickly write in the chat what you think anti-Semitism is and how you would define anti-Semitism. I'll wait for you all.
Yeah, and just to further answer Howard and Judy and Cheryl, I agree. I mean, I picked large universities that had a variety of students and a variety of different Jewish populations in particular. Um, yeah, and kind of like different leaning universities. Every school had a very different culture and the student bodies responded very differently. We've got some definitions coming in. IHRA definition, which includes a denial of Israel's right to exist, correct? Discrimination against Jews and Israel. Discrimination against Jews. Yeah, these are all great definitions. While these are coming in, I'll share with you some of the responses that students gave. Prejudice against Jewish people. Nice with, the, with Love's comment coming in right at that moment. Um, yeah, Jamie's comment's great. I want to say it's racism towards Jews, but being Jewish is more than race. It's religion and culture as well. That's why it's a unique kind of discrimination that warrants its own term. 100%. 100%, Jamie. 100%. We'll talk about that more later, but you're spot on. The oldest hatred. Also spot on. Bias, bigotry, and discrimination threats at Jews due to them being Jewish. Julia, yes. Negative opinion of Jews, Cheryl. True. Not just negative, but like, yeah. You guys get it. You're also a self-selecting audience. But here's what some people said. Prejudice against Jewish people. Prejudice against Jews. Discrimination of Jewish people, whether or not they identify as Jewish religiously or culturally, also the demonization of Israel and holding it to higher moral standards than non-Jewish nations. I really like that the student mentioned the double standard that Israel's often held to and called that into attention. Discrimination against Jews based on their cultural and religious practices and background, it isn't necessarily conflated with anti-Israel ideologies, but in my mind, it is far harder to not be anti-Israel without being anti-Semitic if you are not Jewish. Lots of the anti-Israel mentality based on the acts Israel undertakes are not hatred when other countries do the same. And a lot of the anti-Israel mentality, I feel, can stem from an intrinsic and unwitting anti-Semitism. I mean, I'm so grateful that students were able to share such like needy responses. Yeah, this kid gets it. Racism directed Jewish individuals treating someone differently or thinking of someone differently because they're Judaism, believing stereotypes about Jews, thinking that Jews are all physically identifiable, not considering anything other than Christianity in the planning of events. Sounds like the student had experience with a holiday overlap. Hatred or racism towards Jews or LGBT. We are now all allies, which is interesting. Hatred caused by misunderstanding of Jews. Jews are hated because they are misunderstood. A Semite is a person from a particular region within the Middle East and includes both Jews and Arabs. Anti-Semitism would be an unfavorable bias towards the Semitic people, especially one that manifests into one's behavior. This is not it. <laughs> I mean, Semites are from the Middle East, but anti-Semitism is just about Jews. Our branding as Coming up with the word anti-Semitism, which obviously Jews did not come up with, terrible branding, but anti-Semitism is just about Jews. See IHRA definition. Discrimination against the Jewish religion, culture, and Israel, their home state. So we got some anti-Semitism in this definition of anti-Semitism. Obviously, if you are a student from a given country, that is your home state. You may have a connection to Israel, but implying any sort of dual loyalty, that's anti-Semitism. The sentiments against allowing Jewish people to have a permanent settlement that includes the city of Jerusalem. So this would be anti-Zionism. Discrimination against Jewish people and those who practice Judaism on the basis of their Judaism, which includes the denial of Jewish self-determination and the possibility of a Jewish state. Only the possibility, it's not real. Prejudice against those perceived to be Jewish, perceived. 
Any discrimination against Jews invoking any of the traditional tropes about Jewish people, suggesting some sort of higher loyalty to Israel than the UK, purely by virtue of being Jewish, i.e. you guys when talking about Israel. Prejudice against Jews, hostility towards Jews, hostility towards Jews times 18, many people said hostility. You get the idea. So I gave everyone, after they all provide a definition for me, I gave them the ADL definition, mostly because the IHRA definition is incredibly long. And at the time, there was a lot of contention about whether or not it was accepted by schools. Now it's widely accepted, but for the sake of giving students a concise definition, I gave them the ADL definition, which is the belief or behavior hostile towards Jews just because they are Jewish and they take the form of religious teachings that proclaim the inferiority of Jews, for instance, or political efforts to isolate, oppress, or otherwise injure them. It may also include prejudice or stereotyped views about Jews. So just quick in the chat or people can unmute. Do you find this definition surprising? Yes, and Lauren, a lot of these definitions kids gave were wrong. <laughs> Is anti-Zionism always anti-Semitism? I believe. Okay. Yeah, the ADL definition specifically doesn't mention Israel. Um, I was also informed when I was doing my research that it would be wise to not have Israel in the definition of anti-Semitism for the sake of security. People didn't want people to have strong negative reactions that could affect my safety while I was on the ground interviewing and surveying people. But yes, I would include demonization of Israel as immediate anti-Semitism or any, I, I believe anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Obviously anti-Zionism is not critique of a country, but the double standards do apply. So to continue, if this makes sense to you, you're absolutely not alone. Only 6% of US students surveyed found this definition surprising. Still 6% of US students did find this definition surprising, even though it is more of a bare bones definition than it could have been. And 72% of US students surveyed believe most of their campus would agree with this definition. And 80% of US student, UK students said the same. Here's some responses that students gave. I think a lot of students would be more weary of including the element that anti-Semitism can be promoted in a religious environment. I believe this is because the people would more likely associate this kind of environment with Islam, possibly due to the Arab-Israeli conflict, and, making, and students tend to be more cautious in making comments that could be identified Islamophobic. I think otherwise their definition would remain the same, maybe mention the Holocaust as an example. This is from a student from Oxford. And in the UK, there is much more, the results and the responses tended to sway more on the side of concern about being Islamophobic. And there were people who were actively very against Israel in what they would say in the comments they would give. So I found this very interesting to kind of summarize that. I think on-campus students often do not realize they're saying things that are anti-Semitic. And so I'm not sure if they would agree with this definition or not. I don't believe they intend to say things that are anti-Semitic and would not consider themselves anti-Semites, yet they often say things that are anti-Semitic. Given that, I think their definition might include an idea of intent to injure. That being said, I mean, is to you know, respond to this student is, can you be racist? Can you do something that is racist or hurtful or discriminatory unintentionally, of course? You know, we do, we do things all the time that we don't intend to do because we are systemized into a society where we believe that that's how you're supposed to behave. But then you learn and you change how you believe and you can respond differently. You know, someone can make an anti-Semitic joke and not be an anti-Semite, but that doesn't make the joke fun. So that's what I would say to the student. 
I didn't know it was specific to Judaism. I thought it was against any religion different than your own. Nope, anti-Semitism is just about Jews. <laughs> it is the oldest hatred, but it's just about Jews. We're special, we're the chosen people. We get to claim anti-Semitism for our own. Don't tell the others. Um, I don't think many young people today understand the extent that anti-Semitism reaches. Hells yeah. 18% of US students surveyed say they have witnessed an anti-Semitic event on their campus. 10% said they were unsure. This compares to the 20% average from the UK students surveyed. I think that's still pretty strong. This is from US, from Jewish and non-Jewish students across the board, all saying that that many people believe they have witnessed an anti-Semitic event. However, this is different than the amount of people who have actually witnessed an anti-Semitic event. To name a few, swastika drawn and ketchup on a friend's takeaway pizza, a Jewish girl running for a student president had pictures of Hitler taped next to her campaign flyers. In the campus Facebook page, someone jokingly posted about wanting to get a ticket for the Jew ball, referring to the JSOC ball, and people commented saying that they wouldn't get in because their noses were too small. Non-Jewish course mates joked about the Holocaust. Someone gave, made a Holocaust joke saying that the Germans gave my free people free pajamas during World War II. One of my professors refused to let me make up in a quiz that was on Yom Kippur and mocked me when I complained that it was discrimination. This, this did happen to me. This wasn't my quote, but this also happened to me. A neo-Nazi showed up and was yelling, Jews and Arabs need to walk hand in hand back into concentration camps so we can finish what we, what we started. Most of the students on campus were protesting him, but the university legally could not kick him out because he was in a free speech zone and was not being physically violent yet. Someone drew a swastika on the wall of my university room in the first year and wrote Hail Hitler on it. I was on an effort with other students to organize a rent strike against the university. I was going to dorms to ask people to sign up to this when one of the leaders of the rent strike, he asked me what I studied. I said, Jewish studies. And he said, oh, so you're a filthy Zionist then. In history class, a student questioned Holocaust survivor requests to return for return of property following the war. He implied that historians cannot trust these people as they could easily make up lost belongings for profit. And two, a student said that my grandmother, a French Holocaust survivor, could not be French because she is Jewish. I know a girl who frequently speaks about an ex-boyfriend who is Jewish and always talks about how he was very tight-fisted with money but never forgets to mention that he was Jewish. I find that uncomfortable and consider it problematic. It is problematic and it is uncomfortable. On average, because I think words matter, the way students responded, 23% used the word discrimination in their response, 13% used the word prejudice, 20% used hate, hatred, or hating, and 34% used the word against. 3% uh, of the US students surveyed had anti-Semitic definitions in their definitions of anti-Semitism. And 3% had definitions solely connected to Israel and essentially had the word defined define anti-Semitism as anti-Zionism or hatred of the Jewish state. So some quick statistics. 20% of the Jewish students noted being called offensive names because they were Jewish. And a big portion of time it was by a friend or another student. 27% of Jewish students have felt targeted by various student groups because they were Jewish. And 40% have said a peer has made them uncomfortable because they were Jewish. And 13% said a professor did. When asked how anti-Semitic people find their campus, the vast majority, 47%, 7% said that they found their campus not all anti-Semitic, but 14% said they were unsure. When asked how many people on your campus do you think are anti-Semitic, most people said some, a few, and again, 14% said unsure. When asked how big of an issue does the general population at your university consider anti-Semitism, the majority said relatively unimportant and very few said it was more important or very important. And 19% said they did not know. When asked how big of an issue do you think the faculty at your university considers anti-Semitism, 
the numbers were a little bit higher in terms of the students that think the faculty would say it's more important. When asked how big of an issue do you consider anti-Semitism at your university? 29% said relatively unimportant, but a little bit important. <laughs> and as how often do you witness anti-Jewish protests, social media posts, or discourse? The majority said never, but also about 40% said that they witnessed some. Do you think anti-Semitism is one of the largest issues on your campus? The vast majority said not at all. From your perspective, do your peers make comments that are anti-Semitic without realizing it? 45% said not at all, but a percentage said, you know, the 26% there to me, I consider that the it's just a joke collection of people, people who don't mean to do something intentionally, but they did it and it kind of hurts. It doesn't, doesn't quite feel right when you hear it. To me, that's the 26%. And from your perspective, your peers make comments that are anti-Semitic while re realizing it, thankfully that number goes down a little. So that to me is the weeding out of those who are just a jokers and trying to make a point or have some perverse sense of humor or just patriots. One of the two. From your perspective, do your professors or faculty members make comments that are anti-Semitic without realizing it? 68% said not at all, which is really awesome. And while realizing it, 78, so that went up. So I account for that difference as a certain degree of, again, those people who make thing, comments maybe about money unintentionally and could use or benefit from someone saying, hey, don't say that, that's not very funny. I don't like that. Do you know that that's anti-Semitic? I know you don't intend, <laughs> but it hurts when I hear it. Here's some examples that people gave of students and friends, um, what that they would say. Most of the stereotypes, notions of having power, money, conspiracy theories. Some people propagate Jewish stereotypes, such as Jewish people are all rich and own all the banks. Um, mostly in the form of denial of Jewish history and heritage, sometimes conflation of Jews with the politics of the Israeli government, conflating Jews with the policies of Israel is always anti-Semitic. So I'm glad that this student was able to recognize that. This is what someone said, a professor said, Israel's goal is to murder children and Jews talk too much about the Holocaust. Israel's goal is to murder children is an example of blood libel. Um, it's sort of the modern day manifestations of blood libel, which comes from medieval times where Christ, mostly Christians had this notion that Jews would kill Christian children who were innocent to use their blood for Passover meals, which obviously does not happen. No one uses blood to make matzah. Matzah has like three ingredients. We would all know this. Definitely not blood, but that's the epitome of a conspiracy theory and just a hateful lie that is based in nothing. Do you think anti-Semitism at your university varies with anti-Semitism or lack thereof at other universities? Most people said their universities were much better or better. <laughs> so everyone thinks they're a little bit better, which is good. So what do we think of these findings? And if anyone wants to speak, please raise your hand and I can ask to unmute you. Oh, yes, can I unmute you? Oh, you can unmute yourself. Um, what's your name? Oh, Lauren, you. What, what do you think? Oh, okay, sorry. Um, no worries. I, I thought that the findings would actually be worse. And I'm basing that just as what I'm reading about York University in Toronto and the University of Toronto. But I, I don't think that we're any worse than American universities. British are probably worse because there's a longstanding anti-Semitism. But York University several years ago 
there were um, a bunch of Hillel students who were actually, um, they were set upon by, a, for some reason, Tamil students and Arab students and the Jewish students had to lock themselves in a room and wait for the police to come. Um, two years ago, there was violence by a group of anti-Israel people when there was an Israeli speaker at the university. Both the universities have um, Israel Apartheid Week. And, um, it's, and, and the sad thing is that York University, when it first opened in the 70s, had the largest number of Jewish professors and Jewish students, but that's going down. So I, I don't know if, if you think that maybe students there underestimated in the US or is our yeah. situation in Toronto far worse than in the US? I, I agree with that. Um, these, these statistics I just shared were specifically only from the US schools. Um, the UK findings are more grim. I believe, and the students agree, like the comments from the students, you could tell a major difference I found, and we'll get to this shortly, between the US and the UK schools is that in the US, Jewish students and non-Jewish students had about the same ability to identify anti-Semitism. Whereas in the UK, Jewish students were able to identify anti-Semitism, whereas the non-Jewish students could not. Occasionally there'd be someone that would, but that's where you get the you know prejudice against LGBT. And you're like, you don't know what anti-Semitism is. And that's okay, everyone needs to start somewhere. But yeah, but in the US there's a wider range of, I don't really know and I don't really get it. Probably because America associates, like the longest form of discrimination in America is racism and you know, anti-Semitism people associate as a problem from elsewhere. You know, the white supremacists are elsewhere. It's something that's always arm's length away when realistically anti-Semitism comes from all political parties, from the educated, the non-educated, from everyone, because it's from a different time. But yes, love, I love your comment, haha. <laughs> Love said, from working at universities over the past decade, I think a number of provable bias incidents are often anti-Semitic. But I also think students don't all, always know everything that's happening on campus. That can be a mix of good and bad. I agree. Often when asking these students, have you ever seen this, 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 and this? People would say, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that, but we don't have anti-Semitism. Even when you give them the definition, you put it in front of them, like on a placard, like if there's bias against Jews, it's anti-Semitism. Jews and non-Jews alike will stand there and say no, which we'll get into why I think that happens. Do you see the students doing pushback when they recognize anti-Semitism on campus or do they just accept it? Um, uh, okay, when students recognize it, do they push back? Yes, when they recognize it. I think it varies. I feel like usually students don't recognize it or when they are forced to recognize it, it's at the point where, you know, there's a giant swastika or someone, you know, was held at gunpoint. Like there needs to be a high stakes, high violence situation for people to go, oh, obviously, you know, there was a shooting in a kosher supermarket, ding. It needs to, people don't get there right away because I mean a case study which I'll get to later because it's just so near and dear to my heart and something I'm dealing with a lot at my alma mater Hopkins recently there was a chemistry TA who posted on her Twitter would it be acceptable for me to fail Zionist students because they are complicit in the ethnic cleansing of my people I mean, this woman's Palestinian, her family's from, like, from that region. However, that's clearly anti-Semitic. You know, no one would ever sit there and say, I mean, I'm Taiwanese, can I fail the Chinese students in my class? Of course not. And also, given that this class was on Zoom, how was she implying that these students were Jewish? Their names, how they looked? And yet, 
given this information and how obvious it feels to me, Jewish students at Hopkins were still saying, not all, some were saying, I understand given what's happening in Israel, given what's happened to her family, it makes sense that you'd had this response. To which I'm like, you've been so deeply gaslit that you don't even recognize that this is bias, this is discrimination. This is clearly bias, it's clearly discrimination. Why are you holding yourself to a different standard? So I think students' ability to identify anti-Semitism correctly is not, not the best. Yeah, that's not an uncommon response with any identity group, true. Uh, we don't know if the TA was disciplined. It's something that we are, I am pushing the administration on. Yeah, with some identities, it's much harder to identify bias, 100%, because we'll get there. We've got there. I got slides on this. We're, we're all on the same page, guys. Rachel, Thanks. can I ask you a, a quick question about your experience completing the research? Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned that when you, you decided to use the ADL definition of anti-Semitism and you were advised not to include Israel due yeah. to, for your safety, is that not like literally anti-Semitism was preventing you from properly studying anti-Semitism? Would you agree? To a certain extent, yes. <laughs> I'm fortunate that I only had a lovely experience with the people I interacted with, even when I read their response after and I'd be like, yikes. But in the moment, people were super kind. Um, I made friends on the road of just talking to people about, you know, they take my survey and they'd be like, why are you doing this? Tell me more. And I'm like, okay, let's book coffee. Let's continue this conversation. How can we engage and learn more about this? Um, but yeah, no, my, the, my IRB department wanted me to, something that they don't take into account enough is like researcher safety and what you're doing as a researcher, like, can you be put in harm's way? I mean, hypothetically, if I had something specifically about Israel and my definition, I don't know how someone would respond. That being said, I don't know if there was a neo-Nazi taking my survey and they were like, are you Jewish? Like that could have happened. And I'm fortunate that it didn't. I had to like list out in my IRB different worst case scenarios, like where I would go and who I would call if I was in a situation that was unsafe. Um, one of the reasons Columbia didn't want me doing research there is because they didn't know if it would be safe, which I thought was fascinating because I have so many Jewish friends at Columbia. <laughs> and to me, I'm like, well, like they go to school there every single day, they're walking around campus, being themselves, existing. Why would then it not be safe for me to go? And also this is like a Hopkins IRB approved study. It's like, you know, it's got all the checks, everything's been approved, they've gone through it, they've edited, they filtered it, to then have also UC Irvine said due to the sensitivity of the issue, they didn't think it would be a good idea for me to talk to the students about these topics. Which I also, I'm like, seriously guys? But here we are. <laughs> I wonder if this is why other Jewish organizations have had more difficulty surveying people, but who knows? Thank you for that point. That's, that's a good point. I don't think about that enough. <laughs> but some quick thoughts and noticings. 30% um, of Jewish students have felt targeted by student groups due to their Jewish identity across the board. Every single person who said they felt targeted from a Jewish student group was from left of center organizations. Like, SJP, JVP, different groups that were human rights focused that had made them feel unsafe. Um, Jewish and non-Jewish students were able to recognize anti-Semitism about the same rates, which I mentioned before, specifically in the US, to which I think that points to the impact of anti-Semitic gaslighting, which we'll get into. Major takeaways, yes, there needs to be more research done, but also how can we learn from this? What can we take? Um, and I got more stuff. First thing to do to combat hate across the board, especially anti-Semitism, is we gotta be able to recognize it. 
You know, Jews and non-Jews can identify anti-Semitism at the same rate. People need to be able to say, both groups need to be able to say, hey, this is not okay. We as a community are not okay with this. And yes, this applies to colleges, but this applies to every part of our lives. Is it your tennis club? Is it your child's daycare? Whatever it is, we all need to be able to point it out. But of course, this is hard <laughs> because anti-Semitism doesn't function like other forms of hate. Anti-Semitism is its own unique, messy cancer that people don't know how to figure out. You know, we've all agreed for centuries that anti-Semitism is bad, not we all, but you know, many people are like, wow, like obviously anti-Semitism is bad. So why is it still around? It's the only anti-religious hate that according to FBI statistics is getting worse every year. Every year it goes up. And a part of the tricky reason why it's hard to recognize it is it doesn't function like racism or anti-religious sentiment. You know, anti-Semitism doesn't happen just because of how someone looks or how someone is perceived in an environment. You know, it's, it's not something, yes, there are people who can say, you don't look Jewish, or I could, you know, people who are wearing kippot or a black hat are more orthodox, they are more easily identifiable and then can be attacked in a more racist way. But it's also not like an anti-religion sentiment because it doesn't just apply to the way we practice, it applies to who we are. And a part of the reason for this, like we said, it is the oldest hate for a reason. This has been around since the beginning of time <laughs> because Jews have never conformed. Jews were too Jewish for, and too stubbornly Jewish for Christianity and Islam, not willing to convert. Jews were always the collective other of society. When, you know, we can look at Esther, we can look at Egypt, we can look at the Crusades, we can look at Germany. Jews are scapegoated as that this is the other group. You know, I believe like 40% of Europeans in 2018 were surveyed and like 40% of Europeans surveyed in 2018 said that they believe Jews yield too much power and influence in politics, the economy and in wars around the world. Even though Jews make up 0.2% of Europe's population. And many of them have never met a Jew. So like that just speaks to the far reaching effects of anti-Semitism. Other quick points. Yeah, anti-Semitism did not go away after the Holocaust. And I hear people say this a lot, especially non-Jews or Jewish people even saying, you know, like the Holocaust happened and it was terrible, but like we're in a different place. The fact of the matter is the Holocaust was the pinnacle of anti-Semitism. It's the culmination of anti-Semitism. It's what, ha what happens after generations of people scapegoating, isolating, demonizing Jews, living in stereotypes and saying, these are the people that we need to blame. And because all of those things existed before, of course they're going to exist after. It's the same method. You know, racism, like, we abolish slavery in America, therefore racism is done. There's none. That's just not how it works. <laughs> That's never been how it works. Um, also, you know, there's anti-Jewish prejudice, conspiracy theory, stereotypes, literature, scapegoating, goes on and on and on. But also this is hard and I know it's really hard to recognize and I look at this every day and there's moments when I see something and I say like, is it anti-Semitic? And I have to like, take a moment and double down just because I think Jews have been gaslit for at least the past few generations into saying that it's not a problem because it is an anti-Semitic trope to say that Jews are almost crying wolf when it comes to hate. So someone who's Jewish will say like, this is anti-Semitism or like, the Holocaust was terrible. And an anti-Semite will say, oh, they're just talking about the Holocaust to get attention or not as many Jews as you think were killed. All these pieces go together. Yeah, and what's tricky about anti-Semitism and gaslighting is that usually 
when someone is gaslighting or hating someone, they see their targets as inferior, but with anti-Semitism, anti-Semites see their Jews as having too much power or controlling a narrative, which is tricky. This notion is obviously completely fabricated, but it's still frequently used. And yeah, that means often anti-Semitic gaslighters will try to eliminate a victim's experience with hate. And this is also hard because of double standard, <laughs> um, especially how this manifests on college campuses. It's usually through Israel. Something I like to say to current students, replace Jews with Israel or Zionists and see if it sounds like an anti-Semitic trope. If it does, it's definitely coming from a place of anti-Semitism. It's not coming from a place of criticism. I mean, no country is free from critique. No government is free from critique. And yet, you know, 86% of the UN Human Rights Watch's condemnation, condemnations are against Israel. And that's how it works on college campuses too. You don't see groups that are protesting to divest from fossil fuels include a provision in tiny print to also divest from Israel. You don't see that against any other country regardless of human rights offenses committed around the world. I mean, it's been particularly frustrating for me the past few weeks seeing responses to the Taliban, and then you see Hamas, you know, congratulate the Taliban on their victory. And I'm like, these are the same people. And yet, you know, there's major figures like Bella Hadid who will go out and post on her Instagram things that forget to mention the fact that one part <laughs> is a terrorist organization and we do not like terrorists. And I mentioned this before, but this is the tweet from the Hopkins TA that has been driving me crazy. So yes, we recognize anti-Semitism and then we call it out. You know, find it within yourselves and empower those around you to say, hey, that's not okay. Like this is anti-Semitism. You may not think it, I know you don't mean to, I know this isn't your intention, but that's actually a stereotype that's been really hurtful over generations. And those little moments can really make a difference. And you say it enough, it'll change culturally how we respond. And also learn more and encourage those around you to as well. I think as Jews, we are in a position of lifelong learning and wanting to always be exposed to new things and are comfortable with that conflict. But it's important. It's important to know that manifest that anti-Semitism is constantly manifesting in many ways. And that's one of the reasons why it's so tricky to stomp because it doesn't look the same as it used to. It doesn't look the same as it did a hundred years ago. Pieces are the same, but it doesn't look the same. So it's important to continue to learn. So yeah, let's chat. Does anyone have anything, any comments, questions, things they'd like to add, things they want to process together? I have a question. It's, it's so where can you go? Where can a student go? Say a professor says something very anti-Semitic. Can you go to B'nai B'rith? Can you go to the ADL? Um, can you, is there an ombudsman in the university? What recourse can you take? Sure. First, I'm curious who's talking because I can't see from here. Oh. Oh, Lauren, hello. Hi, lovely. <laughs> um, so the ADL is a great resource for current students to go to um, because they do have their anti-Semitism trackers that allows them to monitor what's going on and make sure they have enough resources. I'm a big fan of the ADL. Also, you know, organizations on campus like Hillel, they want to help these people want to, you know, they want to be there for their students but they can only do it if they know what's going on and people are sharing what they're experiencing. Thank you. Just not to to add an additional thing because like that's like my my job is that like I work at a university and like my job is is also dealing with like acts of hate. There's typically depending on on how it functions, there is typically and always an anonymous reporting line that students can report to. Um, 
there are different offices, whether it's um, some student conduct and community standards offices also work with um, like faculty. There are some diversity, equity, and inclusion or institutional equity offices. They're named different depending on what institution you go to that can take reports of bias that are coming from staff or faculty. What I find is a lot of times students don't report things at all, but they'll go to social media or they'll go to an outside entity. And by the time that wraps around, that typically is like a more, um, like a longer process that can also give the impression that the institution isn't responding because the institution was never actually informed. It was just like in informal ways or in ways that are outside of the institution. And thus by the time, like if something happened in my class, I contact the ADL, the ADL might respond, but that might be six or seven months later. Uh, and so people who might've heard it or anything, it's harder to, to prove. And so all institutions are gonna have some form of reporting and most of them now with the age of Title IX and stuff have anonymous reporting forms as well to report incidents of bias, just as like an additional kind of administrative perspective. Thank you for having your inside scoop. It's useful to know. I think it's also useful for people to know about these systems kind of in brighter ways so students can like better like utilize them. I'm sure you do a great job, love. You're doing great. Maybe not. <laughs> I think it also that's the comfortability though because I had a student contacted our office um, back in May and April with the height of things, but then the student never engaged again despite like multiple outreaches. And so like it takes I don't know whether the students were satisfied with the response or not. And I think everyone is looking for something different, so. Interesting. I wonder if there's a piece of shame when someone wants to report different types of like hate. It's, it's very vulnerable. No, definitely. I also think there's a certain like burden of proof with all of these things. And so I think if anyone has been a survivor or a victim or whatever you want to call a complainant, whatever you want to call the name of that person, there is a level of process that most people don't want in general. Like they want a solution now, which is typically not what happens. That's tough. Thank you though. Pam, you looked like you were gonna say something before I wanted to check. Oh, no, I was gonna say, I thought I saw hand raised a little bit while ago. Was it one of the Allens on screen? Please feel free to ask a question. Oh, you muted yourself. Yeah, I, uh, I put it in the chat, but you didn't get a chance to read it. Did you, your survey include any statistics where questioning non-Jews and asking them the level of um, relationships and interactions they had with Jews growing up? It didn't specifically. It asked whether or not students, how many Jewish friends they had on campus, um, because I think there's a lot of analytics that can be done to, to show like if you have Jewish friends, are you more likely and non-Jewish to be able to recognize anti-Semitism? My instinct is probably, <laughs> you know, representation is very important. I think there could be a plethora of studies saying, you know, do you watch Jewish TV shows? Have you seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? You know, do you watch Fauda? Like what are the things that show that you're used to seeing Jews, you're comfortable with Jews, and therefore you see them as someone that you're not afraid of, they're not other, they're just another person. But I, I'm yeah, sure, yeah. You might know my, my question was really because uh, that's when you get to college, but before you get to college, your education is at what I call the kitchen table. Yes. And what your parents talk about, either directly or indirectly, and that influences, influences how you're going to react in the first month of your freshman year. Yeah, very great point. I think the majority of students probably have not had that many interactions with Jews. Just given how many Jews there are in the country and how you know major universities pull from so many different parts of the country, the odds of meeting a Jew are very slim. Most people I spoke to, they said the first time they met a Jew was in college. But that was more, that was less of a survey response, more just talking to them about it. But even yeah, but that's, a lot of my friends. 
it's a yeah. good statistic. If it's the first time they met Jews in college, and then what is their take on anti-Semitism? Yes, I'm pretty sure there's a Pew study on this. I can look it up and try to find it for you. But well, it's, good to see you again, Rachel. Good to see you again, too. Anyone okay, else? Okay, well, if there are no other questions in the room, anyone else? Well, I want to thank Rachel um, for this wonderful presentation and everyone who attended. Um, also, our co-sponsor, Westchester Reform Temple, um, also known as WRT. They were very excited to see her um, here today. And uh, she did mention that she might be sending out a survey. So I will make sure I have all your emails from registration. So I'll send that along and um, for some follow-up afterwards. And thank you for your time today.